Good morning, Dennis. Good morning. Dennis, good day. Good <laughs> morning. Uh, so we got Dennis Gonzalez here. Dennis, you have trained in two stints. Like, what would you say you're... Because there's, there's at least one hiatus in there, correct? Yeah, there was a break for about almost a year that I took off from... You speak as if like a, a year is like a long time. Like, it's not... It's not long. too long. No, no, no. But I did take... I, took I thought early. that was a MAGA hat you were wearing a second ago. <laughs> Thank you for it not being one. Yeah. But anyways. Representing it's the a UFC hat. Cowboy. He's getting ready for McGregor and... Yeah. and <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Your long hiatus. Uh, yeah, I took a, about a year off. Um, so I've been on and off uh, for a while, just when we bought the house uh, originally and just taking some time off. But eventually I came back around and I just always kept on doing it. How long have you been training now? It's probably been about four years, four and a half years. And you started which gym? This gym? This one. The, oh. very, the grand opening of this gym was when I first started. Nice. <laughs> so how did you find this gym? Uh, through my friend Zach. <clears throat> um, I've known Zach for a while, probably about seven, eight years now. And when we first started, I remember him doing jujitsu. And I was always kind of like, oh, let me try it out. And then I went to the gym right before this one, which was Dean in university. I th- no, I think. it was probably Goldenrod. Goldenrod, yeah, yes, it was. Not. It was Goldenrod. So I went there. I tried it out one time with him, <clears throat> and then um, he's like, "Hey, we're opening up a whole new gym. Should we? Uh, do you want to try it?" I was like, "Sure." I tried it. I tried it out for one time, and then I just signed up. And I've been. I've liked it ever since. How did you meet Zach in the first place? Because Zach is, for people who don't know, is one of Paul's black belts, and kind of universally acknowledged as the best grappling black belt or one of the best grappling black belts that. In Paul's C- produ- in Central Florida, like, <laughs> not, not just Paul produced in Central Florida. Yeah, um, I met Zach uh, when we were lifeguards at Discovery Cove. So I was a regular lifeguard, and he was my my lead at the time. And we met, and we just kind of hit it off. Suddenly, really I'm thinking cool of Stranger Things three. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's how. Yeah, walking by all the all, all the maybe single mothers are swooning over him. Probably like Brazilian tourists at Discovery. Coast. Even better, you know what the the funny thing about Zach is that um, most people that know that know him probably don't know that he does jujitsu or that they have no clue how good he is. Does he does he just not like? I mean, everybody probably knows that I'm I'm all in on the jujitsu lifestyle, yeah. right? Like minus the. Outside. He doesn't walk around wearing no. his belt. No, he doesn't live. <laughs> he doesn't live that lifestyle at all. Really? Like no. what is? So he doesn't. Would you say though? And and I don't want to talk about Zach. Mm-hmm. We're you're you're their guest, but like, does he? Is it just another thing he does, or he's just not super passionate about it? Or I know I think he really likes it. Um, I I don't think he doesn't have that ego like oh I'm a black belt kind of thing. So he just kind of goes about it real. You wouldn't know if you if you, you can talk to him for days, talk to him for years. You probably would never know that he trained jujitsu, really, or that he can rip your head off if he wanted <laughs> to. That's the main thing. So. That's it. That's really interesting. Yeah. Huh. He's he's also just a very soft spoken guy very, in yeah. general. Like, yeah. So. There's a coach Zach. Coach Zach. <laughs> coach Zach. Professor, Zach. <laughs> Professor Zach. He's like no 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 no. Right. no. <laughs> coach Zach here. <laughs> so when you joined, what? programs did you have you always been into because you're a blue belt now right yep i mean like realistically you're a pro belt yeah but like you did you always do jujitsu you did mma yep i did i I never really did uh too much mma i've always uh i started off doing 
um, evenly jujitsu and Muay Thai. And I kind of stuck through it. I never really had one uh, a passion for one more than the other, which I think sometimes hurt me a little bit in jujitsu. I think I could have fo- put more focus, but I've always enjoyed Muay Thai as well. Um, so I've done both probably about the same, about the same amount of time. Because usually when I came, I, I would live so far that when I would travel over here, if I took only you know, an hour, so 45 yeah, you're minutes. commuting from Altamont Springs. Yeah, right now, before I was commuting from all the way from SeaWorld. Oh my god! When I would you'd come, have to take tolls and stuff. To yeah, I had too, to take so. tolls and that stuff. Oh, so when terrible. I would come, we would do three, four classes a day. Yeah, I mean, uh, you're as many it as working a while, get. basically. Yeah, exactly. It's still pretty far for you. I mean, Altamont's not. Close yeah, it's not best. About thirty minutes drive. But yeah. with traffic, it can be a little. Where in Altamont are you? Uh, right by the mall. Are you really? Okay, cool. I used to, because I'm from Altamont, yeah. originally, so okay. it's like, I, I just know the area real well. Yeah, so it's not too far. Sometimes the traffic can be a little bit more. Yeah, that, but dude, I, that I used four, to commute over I-4 is like... It's terrible. You're going left to go right to get... Yep. I'm like, what the yep. hell is going on here? So, yeah, we used to live by SeaWorld when I first started, and my commutes were so far that I couldn't afford to come in just for a jiu-jitsu class and then go back home. So I would come in and do, you know, from 6 to 9 or 10 o'clock whenever the classes would go. Was your work, did work happen to be closer to the gym so you could go to work and then come here and then no, make the No, I worked, I worked at Discovery Cove. So we were like, I, I lived. So you live by Discovery I Cove lived, and you worked there. Right, yeah, I lived okay, like 10 right. minutes from Discovery We all did, all, most of our friends did. So the only thing that I would ever come to this side of town would be for this. You know? Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, so the, um, um, we stuck it out for a while and I used to always tell Zach, like, man, I wonder if there's a gym close by, but. Ever since we came here, this is all I've known. And it's what was Zach at the time when you started? A blue belt. Oh, a blue belt. <laughs> okay. He, he, when, I, when we first started, that, you, that's crazy, man, because I talked to uh, a lot of my friends about it. Is, um, when I first met, I think it was like a four-stripe blue belt. He, he might have just got promoted to purple, and I've seen him go from that to what he is now. And um, I've always, I'm still sure he was very good. Then. He was really I mean, good. Even as a purple belt, he was still yeah, giving people like, problems. I mean, he. I think he's always given a belt above problem ever since. Oh, I bet, yeah. 100%. So. What, so when you started training here, where was Zach in the process? Was he already blue. a blue? Blue. So four years ago, he was blue? He was a blue belt, might have just got promoted to purple. I remember. I vividly remember him wearing a blue belt. Interesting. I'd have to go. I mean, are you trying have to, to check the archive? Is, is this IBJJF? Then four years, I think training time might be in four years. But when I first started here, I mean, we can look back at exactly when this gym opened. And oh, that's, for sure. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Like, so do you. Um, <clears throat> so you're you're all I, I've noticed you've been checking in more. You've been hitting and hitting the, the mats a little bit more here. You're yeah. More consistent uh, now, recently, huh? I think I started maybe four or five months ago where I was just like, you know what? I, cause I, I was, I was gone for a while and I would pop in and out every weekend once in a blue moon. And then I, I've something about this place always attracted me. Just, you know, let me come back and continue. Cause I've, I've always liked it. I've always liked the challenge. I think my perspective on why I do it has changed a little bit over time. Oh, what, why, how has it changed? So when I first started, um, I think it was more of like, okay, I'm going to try and be the best, white belt or the best blue belt and it was just more of a even within me i was always like trying to be competitive about it and now i'm just like man there's like you 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 obviously get humbled the second you walk in this place and now it's more for me it's like man i i just want to i want to get as good as i want to learn as much but i want to be okay with myself like with failure like if i get tapped out by a blue belt that's okay or if i get tapped out by a purple belt that's okay 
So I think my perspective of it has been more of a, like a laid back now and just like really learning and trying to explain what I'm doing or go through the motions of that instead of just, I'm just going to try and smash this guy. And if this guy beats me, I'm going to take it personal and go home. Ah, fucking, you know, that sucks. That kind of thing. So now it's more of like a, I'm just going to come in. I'm going to put in the time on the mats and eventually that will show. So how do you, knowing that, how do you go into your roles? Like when you we're doing live sparring, like yeah. what's your attitude when you, when you get on the mat? Um, well, yeah, and now it's just, I don't, um, I'm totally okay with like, okay, if this guy beats me, I'm okay with that. And I go into him kind of the same thing. I'm always going to try and, and do the best that I can, but I don't take it, like once the role ends, that's it. That's where, that's where that ends, which before so I think I was. you used to like hold grudges against people? Not hold grudges, but I would, it like. No, that's what like, I heard. Ah, like it, it sucks. <laughs> or be frustrated with yourself. Or, I would be more frustrated with myself. I wouldn't really hold grudges against people, but I would always doubt myself like, damn it like you know how did i how did that happen and now i guess after doing it a while you can like people are different you know people are going to be have different strengths everybody even if you are the same belt that doesn't necessarily mean you're the same skill level so i've come to terms with that a little bit more as time goes on now it's like it's okay you know me and noah are the same belt if noah taps me out that's okay it, but before i would always go home like fucking you know, you know how can i get better at this <laughs> i think yeah. maturity comes along with that too, it does right? like it does yeah um i mean like so i not to get with ages and stuff how you're you've been training about four years yep. off and on yeah, about how old were you when you started i must have been like 22 and now maybe. you're like late 20 27 I mean, you, you got to your yeah. fiance, not not wife. Yeah, yeah. Like you got a house and yep. that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could I could see where that the humbling and and the yeah the ego sort of like quells. Yeah, but the at the beginning it was uh, this thing will check your ego for real, you know. Um, but then there's also like the curves of learning, right? Like when you first start, I think you you kind of you're starting off slowly, and then you hit a peak and you're like, all right, I'm really improving. Then you plateau again, and it's always like a, a sense of plateauing. Yeah. I mean, sometimes um, it even goes down just to give sometimes <laughs> like, it does go down so, yeah there are weekend there's, oh, dude, there's months or weeks yeah. where you're like that didn't do so well like i you start to go back and you're like i didn't do so well this month and then you kind of spike up again and you learn something new and you start trying different things but i think it's just a game of like evolving you as a person and then you're you're rolling in your style and always adapting and, and like coachable before like if another blue belt ever tried to tell me what to do i'm like you know what's this guy doing but now it's like maybe maybe I could learn a lot from from that, and I'm like super open minded about learning and, and stuff. So, what um I mean, so like I think martial arts is a very specific type of thing that people get into. Mm -hmm. What were did you want to fight when you joined, or were you like, man, like no, that, that's not, awesome? Like, I've never I do that. You know, I used to do a lot more of the talking, just like shit talking about fighting. But I, I'm not a confrontational person. But I don't think I ever wanted to fight like MMA. It's, it's always been scary to me. I've only had one fight, and I probably will never do it again because it was so scary. So um, I never really wanted to fight. I just wanted to do something that kind of took me out of my comfort zone, something challenging. And this is one thing that I'm sure we can all agree is, at least for me, it's it's something I'm really proud of, like coming in here and... Like Did a you do is, anything athletically before? You, yeah, I've always you swam, been, I guess, because you... Yeah, you like I, 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 we used to swim basketball, football. I've always been athletic. I, I like, I love sports in general. So I, even when I was little, we used to always play sports. But I never did any kind of wrestling or anything martial arts related until I came here. So this is the only martial arts I've ever had. So what makes you, like, what draws you back here versus, like you said, you swam, you played basketball, football. Yeah. Like, what makes, what draws you here versus, like, oh, you know, I'll just <clears> go <throat> play pickup basketball or something on the weekends instead? 
That's a good question. Um, well, first the the atmosphere in the gym, like every the people. Um, you know, a lot of my friends now are coming here, and I think it's just there's something about jujitsu that only you can be held accountable for it versus in a pickup game or something else like other people can be held accountable or you can sort of this is something that you come in and you work and you're in complete control of what happens and you're in complete control of getting better and and to learning new things so that's kind of unless you're old always, zach then you're not in control yeah, he controls you he controls <laughs> yeah. your fate then you can, he's like today i'm going to then you have no control <laughs> yeah so yeah that's always been something that that i that i've been attracted to is just the camaraderie of everybody here and and i think one of the one of the nice things and i don't know if you guys can probably speak on this if it's martial arts or it's just somewhere like this the community that you have around us that everybody's fighting for the same goal everybody's trying to get better everybody's coming out here and at the end of the day we're doing this instead of being at home right now you can be sleeping or god knows what you know. i mean i think it's a little bit of both i think i think i think this kind of discipline is more likely to attract similar minded people yeah but you still need to have the group of people and their personalities and their qualities and I their agree. traits to create the the atmosphere that makes anyone want to come back and participate with that group. You know what Do I you mean? guys think it starts at the top and then it kind of trickles down? This is a Chris question. <laughs> um, that's an interesting question too, actually. I, I mean, I think people, we all train for different reasons, mm -hmm. but what keeps here keeps us here is the same reason, right? Like, for example, if somebody, like a, some chucklehead comes in and they're just, they don't fit the vibe of the tribe. Yeah. But they still want to do jujitsu. They'll find another jujitsu gym that fits them better, yeah. right? Yeah, I agree. You know, like, they'll, I it's, agree. it's not the jujitsu that keeps them here. Generally, it's the community, like you said. Yeah. But, like, I, I think it's like they're um, interdependent of one another. I think or, so. Too. Or no, independent of one another. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, like you say, if people come in and if you don't fit the, the mold of the people around or you don't like the style, you just go somewhere else. I also think that in a community, there's always going to be, like, for lack of a better term, pillars of the community. So, obviously, in this case, you know, Paul is going to attract and not attract students because of his personality. Yeah. So, you're already maybe removing some people because they might not get along with Paul, and then the people that do get along will come. But I think that there are people, whether, mostly probably because they're regular, like they train regularly, but mm -hmm. I think there are people that kind of represent like pillars of the community where it's like they will start to then increase the likelihood of other people joining because they get a good vibe from right. these people that yeah. are here regularly, you know? Yeah. So, um, and then I've noticed that when people leave. So it's like, I, I always use it when, like when JB left, like I felt that because I felt like he was a pillar of our community here in a way. You felt you the know? loss? Yes. I felt like yeah. we, you know, we, we took a hit, so to speak, you yeah. know, we had a good player on our team, not, because he's an unbelievable grappler, but because he's the complete package. Yeah, he and he sort of like motivated people in a certain way and had a, I mean, he, there's demanding respect and commanding respect. He just commanded respect and he was a likable person and, yeah. and that sort of thing. And yeah, it's, we, we definitely felt a loss. Like you, you, you feel that, right? Sometimes oh, 100%. When, when you have people around that are, that, not, I mean. And I he instills in, a certain drive in yeah. you too. Like yeah. he, his level of motivation like helped motivate others you know like that sort of thing i didn't man I, you know i didn't really get the chance to talk to him as much a couple of times that we did and just like super smart dude. oh man like it's incredibly smart like just so many rabbit holes yeah of, i mean oh, yeah. it was probably more 90 percent non-jujitsu talk with him yeah. and me than it was actual yeah. jujitsu talk you know um 
I think sometimes like when when you have people like that, they attract a certain a certain in, individuals to her. And like you say, like uh, people who train will go outside and they'll attract other people to him. Had a good example, just a buddy of mine. I've known him for a while. He came in, just like randomly went, came into this gym, and then he, you know, we found each other. And he's like, you know, a friend of mine has been coming to jujitsu, and I just like, man, I, I really like, like, what, what do you, what have you been doing? And he explained, oh, he's been coming and training jujitsu here. So he came out and check out the school, and now he wants to try. So I think that kind of, that kind of uh, rubbing with with people who do jujitsu is kind of rubs off on on others. Yeah, it definitely. <clears throat> I don't know. It's just, and I'm not discounting the people that train once a week or twice a week that are white belts that are maybe casual. Yeah. But it's just, uh, everyone kind of brings what, something to the table. But especially if, if that person is, is here with some regularity, then they're going to have an influence, positive or negative. So it's like if we had, a, if we had a bunch of shitheads around that train four or five days a week, yeah. that would probably discourage people from training too. Yeah. So yeah. That is, yeah, that is that's exactly true. It works both ways, but I think we're very fortunate. And I, I think of, I know in like in when people talk about like championship sports teams that win back to back championships or something, it's like it was a special mixture of a collection of people at the right place at the right time. Right time yeah. And the thing, and I know this sounds a little overly dramatic potentially, but it's like I'm very appreciative of the period we have right now here because I think the gym's doing very well and we have a great like collection of people here but life can happen to a bunch of these people and things can change so I'm appreciating what we have it is top down though I mean like you'd you'd ask you know I I think it all stems from Paul right like it I think he is he's the the Bill Belichick I don't know much about sports but I know he's like a pretty popular (laughs) coach right Um, popular in a very very small region and then despised everywhere else but he's good at what he does right he he commands respect I mean Paul doesn't cheat though right like I know enough about football to know that he's a cheater (laughs) oh dang (laughs) is that is that that, uh, is that not accepted that he's a cheater or he is is. like I literally don't know anything about football I grew up in Maine so I might take exception to that (laughs) wait do you okay yeah he might be but it's top down no but he's a dick like I, you know, I, no, he's a good I'm coach. a Patriot fan, and he's a dick. He's a, great so, coach, yeah. Yeah. But he's a great coach. He's good at what he does, right? Like, yeah, but he might ultimately like drive his players away. You know after think, another, <laughs> then we're getting into sports. And do you, what, have you guys have heard about the uh, the USA coach Mike Shashevsky? Also, the Duke coach for college basketball. No, his name is Mike Shashevsky. He's a basketball. You, try coach. and spell it. You will never be able yeah, to spell it. Yeah, it's really good. But I, yeah, that I know guy you're is known in the whole NBA community as being not only one of the nicest guys, but one of the most well-respected coaches. He's a he's a USA team, and also arguably one of the best college football coaches of all time. Uh, basketball. basketball. Yeah, for Duke. But that's kind of what what you're talking about. Some somebody like that. It just kind of rubs off and it trickles down starting from them. So he coaches like the Olympic basketball team? Yes. Okay. Yeah. How'd they do? Um, they they I, I don't, I don't they haven't sports. been doing too well. But yeah. that's because a lot of their main players aren't aren't doing the Olympics right, they anymore. They want to go to like terrorist states exactly. basically, right? Exactly. His main I mean his he's claimed for claim to fame is the fact he's coached Duke for many, many years yeah. and Duke has been a top ten basketball program yeah. over that entire time. And he's coached a lot of the best uh winning streaks in in uh the the olympics so when oh okay well, a couple I mean, of the big olympic teams that that won gold for them was coached by him my my familiarity with uh olympic basketball is the dream team from <laughs> this would be like it would be like professor x he's like the professor x of 
the professor. <laughs> You're trying to, okay. I'm trying, I'm trying to put in terms. I'm trying to, yeah, I'm trying to put terms that you can understand. Well, I mean, like, like 80s, 90s Professor X or like modern Professor X? Uh, let's go 90s Professor okay, X. All right, like, so where now he, he wasn't that. All right, perfect. Um, so what else, outside of jujitsu and, and Muay Thai for that matter, what Muay Thai, else, yeah. What else, what else do you do? Um, man, I'm a big video game geek. So really? I, yeah. What, what game? I like uh, Call of Duty. I'm a big Call of Duty fan. I've done that for a while. And I still, like, even now, I just take breaks when I get home sometimes and I play. Um, I play online. And it's just, like, one of those things that just detaches me from reality. So uh, I, I, I'm beginning to recognize a certain generational gap. Yeah. I Most people who are around, I mean, I'm, like, 10 years older than you. Uh-huh. But they, I don't hear you all mention, like, Fortnite. No. I don't play this. What's stuff. oh absolutely garbage. not. That that no? is garbage. No, that that How is it this popular. It's in it's the a part Even, of the American zeitgeist now it, and it, people who are like 27, 28 and up want nothing to do with it. Nothing to do with it. And it's like little kids who love it, but it's making like billions of oh, dollars, right? And it's a free to play game. It's and so is it free to, is it is it is it freemium? I mean like you got to there's no, all microtransactions free. or what? No, I mean, they're microtransactions up the ass, but but that is for cosmetics and stuff. Yeah, exactly. so barriers to entry are gone. Yeah, but Call of Duty, it's like a seventy dollar game, right? Yeah, yeah. Is it harder? Is one harder and one easier to learn? Harder to master? I or? think that Fortnite is incredibly hard. I haven't played Fortnite I've ever. Seen it, and I'm like, what the, the heck? concept of it? Yeah, and I, it could just be me. And I saw scaffolds, and I was like, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> I'm like, we got pitch, we got like pitch axes and stuff. All the 12 year olds that listen are rolling their eyes like these old farts. Yeah, Fuck these yeah. Guys. They come talk to me about Fortnite. I'm like, I, I don't know anything about Fortnite. Anything that looks, I don't, if this anybody who knows me knows this, if it looks fake to me, then I don't. Oh, know really? Anything. So yeah. it's not even a matter of gameplay. So yeah. how do you deal with like, like okay, <laughs> inarguably one of the best games ever. Contra. What? No. Are you kidding? Yeah, me? if it looks even movies, man. Sometimes, like I have to be dragged into like if it looks like what? Like too, give example. Come on. Um. Okay. Some this usually happens. This is what usually happens. Something like Avatar comes out. I'm like, I'm not going to watch that. Yeah. I mean, it's I, weird, right? You look at him like, I'm not going to watch it. It looks fake. This shit, you know, it doesn't make any sense. You go watch it. It's a great movie. If it looks a little too, and it's weird, man. I know most of my friends tell so me. So you're into like 1917. But not like yeah. end game. Yeah, like if it if it looks sci-fi with dragons and stuff, I've never played a game that has anything like that. Okay. So it's kind of a. But that's like that's like a whole genre of games that are yeah, really good, like yeah, like the role-playing games, yeah. like all the, like Witcher Three. Everyone, I haven't I haven't played is, Witcher Three. Is Witcher is Witcher the the Netflix thing? I know, I know yes. the game. Yes. I remember because Witcher was like. I think it was supposed to be Resident Evil or something like that, but it became The Witcher instead, or am I thinking of something else? I think you're com- like confusing two things. The Witcher <laughs> is actually a Polish book series that a Polish publisher made into a video game called The Witcher, which came out in the... It was like it was basically like never, it was a Neverwinter Nights. It was like a Dungeons & Dragons which the, game. Which is the game where you're like, the dude's got a sword, and he's like slashing the hell out of him, like knocks him in the air, and pulls out two guns and shoots the shit out of him. Oh, it's, it's not The Witcher. No, it's, it's Devil May Cry. Excuse me. Yeah. That's, what is it? That's a, that's like anime style. Yeah. And that, that was supposed to be Resident Evil, I think. Okay, that might be true. I don't know that history, but that's possible. But either way, Dennis is out because it's got dragons and zombies. <laughs> yeah. Wait, so no zombies for you? I mean, those look real. Um, No, the only zombies that I that I did was the Call of Duty zombies. But if it's a zombie game, I probably won't okay, play Okay, so it. you would probably like Bioshock. Yeah. Like Did that. you play Bioshock? I played it a little bit, not not much. I also you gotta play the whole game. There's a, the, it's the, good. 
is good and there's a huge like that's like it's got one of the best moments in huh. I like that. Um, I do love cars. I love cars. So any kind of racing. Um, so racing. It, I even have games. Yeah. Like, I guess there's nothing like real action. Yeah, Gran I, Turismo. I, yeah. have, uh, I have a, I got, I think it was two years ago. I got a racing wheel with like a, like a force feedback wheel. And I play that all the time. So it's fun. So what you play like Forza? Yep, Forza. That's one of my favorite ones. And I actually, I'm a big, big Formula One fan. You, what, what system you playing on? Or PC? Xbox. Xbox? Yeah. All right. So I do that. Um, other things, obviously, spending time with, with the dogs and and um, I'm a, I like doing stuff for the house, man. I've, it sounds super old, but you are yeah. so old, man. Right yeah, now, man, so I hate doing stuff for my I, house. I love it. Like even uh, wait till your fucking water heater breaks. Yeah, that stuff stresses me out, but <laughs> it's uh, that's probably one of the things that might go next. <laughs> Let me tell you. But I really enjoy. We did. Uh, I just built a bed, and my dad always brings bunch of wood to the house because he works uh, near built a bit yeah yeah that that picture you posted you made that yeah yeah i built it from scratch i went to home depot grabbed a couple i had spare wood at the house so i spend a whole weekend and just build that whole thing up so the entire frame or just the headboard everything so the headboard and then the whole entire bed frame was was all built you have like a saw and all that stuff yeah we have small i got a i have a workbench in the garage so i do that uh, over the weekends this old this is like this old house like i love it yeah old yankee workshop man i think like YouTube is the greatest thing that's come out in a long time. They, so no, no formal training. No, I've, I just learned by looking at videos. How much did you fuck stuff up along the way? Uh, I've you you do a lot of stuff. And you're like ah, maybe I shouldn't do that again. But it's it's uh, fairly easy if you're just handy with tools like a drill and stuff like that. They they make so many things to be to be good at it. And the instructions on there's endless videos online on how to make stuff. So do you nerd out watching that more than jujitsu videos online? Yes, one hundred percent. Boo! Uh, you know, uh, you know, um, you know. This is a uh, probably, this is uh, probably not a very popular opinion, but I'll ask you guys this: How how many jujitsu videos do you guys watch on a daily? Like, uh, oh, uh, no one can answer first. No. You, go ahead. I probably I probably watch on average thirty minutes to an hour of jujitsu videos a day. And what do you, what do you, what, how about you, Chris? Um, so I always like leave it, it's almost always something jujitsu related. Like even if, at work on my, like I'll put a YouTube video up and just like leave it ambiently playing in the background. Mm-hmm. I'll minimize it and still listen to it. Like a match or? No, 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 no. Um, Cause <laughs> there's nothing to yeah. listen to other than people screaming. So more boah. like instructional? Um, yeah. Oh yeah. It's right. Boah. Boah. <laughs> instructionals <laughs> podcasts um uh just little documentaries like it's yeah. almost always either <laughs> 80s cover music or <laughs> or jiu-jitsu stuff yeah. that's playing in the background well, and why do you guys listen why do you what do you besides obviously if you listen to a podcast of somebody's talking about jiu-jitsu what do you do you guys look at like uh techniques and stuff that's what i'm looking at yeah I'm looking entirely at techniques. Sometimes I look, man, but I don't. I don't really look too much um, into techniques. Um, I find it hard sometimes to look at something and then be able to replicate it here on the mats. Um, what, if, I, what if you had mats in front of you and you were doing it while you were watching? It? That might be a little bit better, but I feel like sometimes I look at something. I'm like, I don't know how that would translate um, into. Or in my case, I have like two body pillows, and I'm like, I'm doing ashigarami on the body pillows, and like, okay, how does this feel? <laughs> you really do that? I've done it on occasion. I'll tell you one thing. I, I actually made this. You know how I, I'm 
I'm really not that active on Facebook. I still have my Facebook account because everyone in the gym uses Facebook. <laughs> it's just the easiest way. I mean, yeah. like if ever yeah, we post like, stuff on that, but I don't. I use Instagram more as a social media thing. But right. I uh, I made a post early on about. <laughs> it, this is so long ago that a keep commented on it. Like that's how far back it was. Like a, two years yeah. ago. Two yeah. I was what I was, was a, very early in my white ball. I talked about. I'm now scissor sweeping the the sheets off my bed in the morning. You know what I mean? <laughs> but let me tell you something. I've noticed that all my movements now, like movement movements, whether and usually getting out of bed is the most obvious one. It's all I'm hip heisting. I, I'm doing it's, it's technical crazy. get ups when you take your shoes off. I know it's fucking crazy. You guys are uh, you guys are the real deal when it comes to that stuff. Like you. No, we're just like nerds. There's some people. Yeah, there's some people that live it and breathe it. I feel like both of you guys you that that's a big that's a big I mean thing. I'm definitely fully infected like I was bitten by the jujitsu spider and what is what coursing it? like what uh I'm probably sure you've been asked this question a thousand times by everybody but what like what set you off like I'm gonna try this and not, not only that but to be as motivated as you are I think it's just, I think it's the right place right time in my life honestly yeah. like I think if I had started this you know the easiest thing to say oh imagine if I started this when I was 18 you know awesome thing is i wouldn't have been the the thing about it is and it, and it goes back to okay i'm gonna i'm gonna do i'm gonna do my tennis story again even though tennis is, it's like how the <laughs> fuck do i keep talking about tennis but when i was when i was 13 my parents came to me i'd been training for five uh six years at that point and but casually you know and my parents were like this is the age that we've hear that we hear that if you want to be serious about tennis you have to to start training like five days a week whatever and is that something you're interested in we'll support you uh, and I said at the time, no, I don't want that. I want to still have a life. Cause even at that age of 13, I knew what that meant. And I wanted to have a balance in my life. I don't regret at that. At the age of 13, you recognize that you need to have balance in your life. Yes. As arrogant as that sounds like, I know it sounds, I don't think there are 40 year olds that recognize that. Uh, well, I, I'm, I know it sounds weird, especially the older I get right. at the time. It, it's like, again, we can go into a whole like plethora of reasons why I, I certain things seem normal to me, but now I realize they're not normal. Like it goes back to being homeschooled and all this stuff. Like in a way, being ice, I wasn't see no man in a way. You know what I mean? I get, I get that. So there was a naivety to things, but I definitely because I was involved in the, I knew tennis well enough that I knew what the lifestyle was because I had met those people that were my age that were trying to make it pro. And when you're a pro, especially at that age, like by 18, 19, you were expected to be a pro and competing. Nowadays, it's, a, it's more into like the early 20s, but still, it's, it's, it's a sport that starts early. So you got to start gearing up right around puberties for guys. And once you get your, your like adult body strength, you should be ready to go. You know, Nadal was already competing when he was 15 or 16, you know? I mean, they're competing, but professionally. So the thing is, is, the reason I'm bringing that up is mm-hmm. I did, would not have the capacity or interest to train as hard as I do now because I train yeah. almost every day. Yeah. But it's yeah, because... You're probably the most active person at the gym next to Paul, right? Like at, and, and Victor. And I would say Victor. Victor. Yeah. Yeah. But, and that's because I had a balanced li- uh, childhood. I went to college. I got to do stuff like live abroad. I got to have a job that I enjoyed. Like I got to have a, a, a bunch of experiences and be and enjoy quote my youth so to speak my 20s and now in my early 30s i'm a little more comfortable with being settled and now i can really embrace grinding routine hard so i think 
the reason I can do this as often as I do and not get burnt out is because I've done all this other stuff. Is it a little frustrating? It's like, oh, I'm doing it now instead of like, I could be so much farther along. I always Naive, that too. Naively, yes, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't have gotten as far as I've gotten already back then because I didn't have, Smoke my ethic. mind was in a different place, you yeah. know? No, so I agree. Uh, that's the reason why I can train as much as I do. And it's just, I, I just love it, man. Did you, did you envision yourself, Chris, um, ever becoming a black belt? Was the black belt always? No, it, so I started <laughs> just going back to college because we, I, I, I befriended a group of guys, like nerds who were also fairly athletic in mm-hmm. college. And we all had our sort of like combat sports backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Like I had one friend who did like karate and I was doing Taekwondo for, I think, 11 years or, mm-hmm. or nine years at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and both of them had also wrestled and we, my dad had somehow inherited a, um, a, uh, a wrestling mat, like a big eight by eight wrestling mat, like mm-hmm. the roll up kind. And mm-hmm. he's like, you want this? I was like, yes. How old are you? I'm 37. No. How old were oh, you? How old were you at the time? At the time I was a sophomore in college. So okay. 20, okay. 19, so 19, 20. Um, and so he, we would literally <laughs> load the wrestling mat into my buddy. We kept, we stored at my buddy's apartments or apartment and we would just lug it into, um, to the student union every Friday night. Mm-hmm. And I, I was a president of another club. So I would just like book a room under that club's name and be like, and we would literally have like fucking six guy fight club in the student union. Um, and early on I was like, Oh, I've, I've got nine years of Taekwondo in me. I'm going to whoop all their asses, right? But, like, each of them who had, like, four years of wrestling experience would just shoot double leg right. and just grind me in the mat. So, um, so you, had your own, you had your own open mat in your sophomore year of college, and it was basically the UFC because you were, yeah, seeing, oh God, like, you were seeing which martial arts will reign supreme. And, it, it was, and actually, that's, that's what got me into following Danaher was I bought a book called Mastering Jiu-Jitsu. Because just in martial arts experience, you learn like that was by Henzo, right? It was, it was, yeah, it was written by Henzo. No, gross written by Danaher. Like, <laughs> um, he had hair and everything. It was awesome. Um, but like, so we would sit there and we'd like read, like thumb through the book and like, oh, okay, this looks cool. And we would just sort of like try to apply that in our sparring. And like, we didn't know about drilling and tr- proper training. We just beat the shit out of each other. It was stupid. Like, I actually broke my hand, my friend's wrist, like kicking the fuck out of it. Jesus. Like, it was stupid. Like, he's a firefighter. He's like, Chris, you know, I still deal with that, right? I'm like, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but so out of college, I joined uh, another gym by the uh, that Paul may know about. Um, and uh, And I had every intention. I was like, I'm, you know, I found out about the gym and I'm like, oh man, they have a fight team. Let me see if I could try out for that and blah, blah. And like, literally I thought I was going to like, when you're a dumb college kid, you don't realize, yeah. and especially like, the sport was fairly young. You don't realize like the work that's involved in becoming like a fighter. Oh, jeez. <laughs> you know, you, know, you just don't know. Right. Yeah. And so I was like, and I think I came in with the approach of like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to do fairly well in here. Right. You know, I've got these years of martial arts experience and blah, blah, blah. Um, Realize like, oh, wow, you need to make it like a full-time commitment, yeah. right? And um, after a while, I'm like, no, no, it's, you know, I, I have the sort of like blue-collar work ethic mindset of I need to, fin- I've finished college now, I need to get a job and start my life. Right. And this is just a hobby on the side. Yeah. Um, so I never pursued that. I, you know, it was just always just a hobby at that point. And, but 
I, I think I just to answer your original question, like what bit us, you know, like what kept us is I I generally have a fairly addictive personality. Really? I'm just very fortunate that like <laughs> it's geared towards things that are like not the most self-destructive. Yeah. You know, like and this I have is a pretty sh- self-destructive. Oh, hurt. I mean, <laughs> I mean, in, in long run, you yeah, know, yeah, my yeah. joints will suffer. But I think of all the things that I've gained from doing it, and it's, oh, yeah. it's the least self-destructive thing I could have gotten into, you know? Yeah, I think the the main, th- for me, humbling, this is like crazy humbling. Oh, it's, it's the Anybody best, who know? has an ego, you bring them in here and they'll get their ego checked for sure. And if, and if you don't learn that, then you're, you don't belong here. Yeah. You know? You'll then, find your way out. Yeah. Or it'll weed you out. Or it'll some, weed you out. At, at I mean, some point. Um, but so what, what bit you ultimately? Like, because you trained, right? Like, and you said you had... I assume you had a desire to actually fight because otherwise you wouldn't have done it. Um, no, I never it really of peer pressure and you're like everybody, you know, I'm training with all these other guys anyway. I might as well do it or what? I think it was just something, uh, sound cheesy, but it was a bonding thing for me and Zach. He did it. And I was like, Hey, you know, my buddy does it. Why not go out there? And I, once I came in, I noticed, I saw how good he was. It was a good workout. So we were, but he's never fought though. Right. He has never fought, no. Oh, so you actually took the leap and he didn't. Yeah, I Interesting. did. He said he was more nervous for that than he was for any of, of his matches. He was more nervous for you doing yeah. it? Really? Yeah, he was a nervous wreck. He, he, I don't, you guys probably know about this story, but he put my headgear on backwards. <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah, we were in the back and, and they called my name and he was like real nervous. And I'm like, hey man, can you get my headgear? Because I have my gloves on. And he puts the headgear on and the back of the headgear was like covering my eyes. <laughs> and I said, hey man, that's not the way it goes. <laughs> so he had to turn around because he was so nervous. Um, but yeah, I think it was a definitely a cool thing that I wanted to bond and, and, and work out mainly just like added to the routine of working so you out. you only know him by way of working with him. You weren't friends before in high school or nothing? No, no. Zach moved here from West Palm when he was in high school. After that, he moved over here and he started college here, but we didn't know each other. So we met after he had been here maybe for three or four years. Are you a local boy? Uh, no, I'm originally... I grew up down in, in Miami, and then I started high school here in uh, Orlando. Where'd you go to school? Uh, Freedom. Freedom. Which Freedom one? High School. That's down by like that SeaWorld area. Okay. Where did you guys... Did, you from here? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I was born in California, raised here. So okay. I went to Lake Brantley High School. So okay. So, yeah, more and more this side. Yeah. yeah, down south. Oh, yeah, that is that is pretty close. Yeah, oh, yeah, yes. that's super close. Probably. Isn't, that, isn't there, like, a show about Asians that that, that grew up in Orlando? Yeah, that, so that's it's called Fresh Off the Boat. Yeah, that's about <laughs> you, right? No, no, it's not because I'm – so, like, I always steer myself – there, there are two types of Asians, right? There's, like – because I'm a first-generation American, and – you know, my parents came here in 75 and all that sort of stuff during the Vietnam War. Mm-hmm. And um, they're like definitely two types of Asian. There's the ones who their parents were like, assimilate. You will, you know, I'm going to raise you to be basically an American. And the ones who like, not to, it, it, it's not wrong or right, but I, I'm going to say they're a little bit more tribal, right? Mm-hmm. And they're still only hang out with other Asians. You, you see them, they drive Hondas yeah. and that sort of thing, right? <laughs> like, but so... That's the thing about that show is it's a guy who, I think he owns like a restaurant chain or something here. Over, he went to like he's in the Bay Lake area, so it's like or Bay Hill. It's area. based off an actual person yeah, yeah, yeah. that wrote a book, I think. Wait, is this a show? Where? Where is it? It's sh- a show on like ABC. Called, really? Yeah, yeah. And Asians who grew up in Orlando. Well, it's they're they're not in Orlando in the show, but it's, I think they are. Oh, are they really? I want to say they That's are. So crazy. I don't know, and but so, it's definitely not Orlando. Like, like I remember watching like. 
Well, I mean, it could be like skyscrapers and stuff. Or, or <laughs> yeah, film somewhere else. I just, but I've been told many times, be like, "Oh, Chris, you need to watch a show." Like you would. I'm like, yeah. No, because you're telling me that, yeah. I'm not going to watch it. Because, <laughs> you know, like because you're you're classifying me as some sort of like just like how people say like, "Oh, yes. Chris, you like comic books. You should read, um, or you should watch uh, uh what is that? Big Bang Theory." Yeah. You know, they're like, "Oh, you should watch that. You like it." I'm like, no, no. Like, you know, I, this is another thing. I'm probably not popular, but any show that's overhyped, I will not watch. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That's dude, dude, what was the any show that gets a little bit of attention? And Game of Thrones. People are yeah. I've never watched a single I've, episode, I've, dude. I'm with you, man. Yeah, I don't. So I mean, do you not watch it because it's got dragons, or do you not watch it? Because? I don't watch. Okay, I don't even know what. Yeah, probably I don't watch it because of that. But because it's so overhyped, and I'm already if I'm already a couple seasons behind, I'm not gonna do it. And the hype just gets to me, and I just, I, it's like a weird thing that I have. Like if too many people are talking about it, I'm out. I don't so watch it. So just to to tie a bow on this, fresh off the boat, the actual the the fictional story, I, we we agree that this there's there's the guy did come to Orlando, like it's a real person. It's based off a book, okay. but wow. this, the actual show involves. A relocation from Chinatown in Washington D.C. to Orlando, Florida, to open a cowboy-themed steakhouse. <laughs> That's funny. I mean, that sounds very Orlando. That sounds like I drive. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it sounds like a very Orlando yeah. thing, like something a restaurant that had, requires a shtick and like some foreigners running it, right? Like, like how, how much more Orlando do you want? Yeah, <laughs> That's um, usually. That's very Orlando. So changing changing gears slightly. Today is Promotions Day for the youth. Children's. The, the children. So it's children's promotion. So if you hear any commotion, which I'm sure you do to some degree in the background, that, that's the kids' promotion. Hey, it's, not, it's not people hitting tie pads. So. No. However, on the topic of promotions, what are your thoughts on promotions, Dennis? Um, so like nice what? segue, by the way. Okay, like what? Uh, in what sense? To, to uh, I could, I could, well, I, I'm just going to say... What are promotions to you? Is it important to get the stripe? Is it important to get the belt? The whole ceremony of it. Just what are your general thoughts? And the reason I bring this up is you're on the inaugural podcast. You, you, you. I'm the very first you one. Stepped yeah, yeah. You stepped in. You stepped in. We're, we're waiting for, for a little to get bit, you yeah. back on. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and you definitely came off just in, in those few minutes as very thoughtful Obviously, you're a nice guy. As yeah. Chris always said, like, you're a super nice guy. Super, yeah, <laughs> Thank, like, you. Incredibly. Thank you. Incredible. And you're very, very, very thoughtful. Very Danaher-ish. Like, I know. We were a little blown away by how, how, how much th- thought you were putting into stuff. We don't know you all that well. So. Yeah, I like uh, stuff like that, like uh, prom- promotions and stuff. I mean, yeah, we, we come in here and, and we train. But my thoughts on promotions. Um, I think they're, they're a, a nice token for us who put in the work. Um, and I take, like I said, there's a few things that I'm very proud of. It's obviously my family, my fiance, my animals. And then right after that would probably be jujitsu. And I think that promotions is a good way for us to be recognized for the, for the work that we put in. I, at, at least to me, every single one of those tribes signifies me coming in and putting in the work and even just something as a, a small stripe, um, may not mean much to others but at, at least for me it's something that's represents the hard work that we put in me coming into the mats and getting better and and putting in the time and i think it's good i think it's it's definitely a way that um 
that you your your co- it shows a, a, a good link between you and your coach that he's seen you progress you've progressed you've come in and put the time in. i think it's good for everybody to be recognized for the same thing i think one of the best things about promotions is that everybody's happy for each other yeah that's it's not one like. of those things where like hi man i didn't get a stripe today or i didn't it's more like a everybody is being recognized and i, I at least for me man when when you got your black belt i was super happy and, uh-huh, and thank you you know it was something that I see you come in. I see you put in a time, and it's good to be recognized in, in front of your peers. But at the end of the day, I think it's also something that we know who's coming in and who's putting in the work. And yeah, yeah. As long it's as just, yeah, everybody knows where exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, and everybody knows that. But I think promotions is a is a good way to recognize us for the for the hard work. I I enjoy it because it keeps me focused. I mean, I, I got one more to go. I got two more to go. And I think that mainly the main thing that attracted me about jiu-jitsu was, besides every other sport, I was going back to the question you asked me before, was I'm not, I'm not a physical specimen. I've never been a specimen. I've always been on the smaller side. Um, so basketball to me was never something I, I would ever dream of. I, I'm not going to be able to play. I may be able to do it recreationally, but I can't play basketball. I can't football. I'm not a big guy. But I thought always jiu-jitsu was like, may, maybe the end goal is something that I can do it. If I put in the right amount of time and I and I stick with it, I may one day be able to be a black belt. Even if even if it doesn't happen, it's something that I can see happening. I think that's what keeps me you know focused. And the promotions aspect of it is something that will keep me in track, keep me focused. You know what I mean? Like I got two more stripes to go, and I know that I put in the work these past couple of months or years or whatever the case may be, and it it it'll continue to evolve into something that. The end goal is something that's doable. I mean, not to not to say like, oh, if he can do it, I can do it. But there's a lot of people who have stuck through it and that yeah. have oh, yeah. bigger hurdles than I have in their life that have accomplished a black belt. You know, why can't I? Whether that'll happen or not, I don't know. I mean, I hope that one day that would be a great achievement to to accomplish. But promotions to me keep me focused, and I think right. that's the main thing. How of um within your jujitsu journey, where have you seen? I mean, you're four years into it now. Yeah. Have you seen your own game evolve? Have you tried to focus on different things along the way? <laughs> uh, this is a good topic. Um, I <clears throat> evolve. Yeah, I think I've become more comfortable more comfortable with um, my game, but I don't think it's evolved too much. I I'm very like one trick pony kind of thing. My jujitsu is not very. Tell us. Tell yeah. us what your tricks are. Yeah, no, my jiu-jitsu, yeah. Even if I tell you, I mean, he feels like Zach Light, honestly. Like, yeah, I feel like you do a Zach pass, and yeah. then I was like, oh, this feels like Zach. Yeah, except I, doesn't quite feel as as overwhelming, yeah. but it does. It, it, yeah, I'm not a very um, fancy. Uh, I kind of have maybe two or three moves in in the bag, and I try to get to them. I tried, I try to do do them as well. And just continue to polish them up, or even sometimes, like if you know they're coming, it, I might still be able to get it. Well, um, I'm always a big believer in that versus <laughs> versus uh, learning a bunch of stuff uh, and then having them be okay. Um, I think I got that from Zach. He used to always say, "I only have a couple moves, and I just I'll always, even if I try to do other stuff, I'll always go back to those moves." And I think that stuck with me, and I was like, "Okay, I'll, I'm just gonna." Do, at first, it was more feeling out, right? So I was feeling out, like, what am I good at? What what can I do well and what, what kind of puts me in a bad position? And once I started to figure that out, I just kind of started polishing. So I have that 
kind of bull pass where I pin the legs. And I, I'll just do that repeatedly until I get it, that kind of move. Um, so I wish that is one thing that I'm looking forward to as as we come in and, and get better is I got to really start opening up the book and learning leg locks and learning other passes and learning how to, you know, that kind of stuff. But for some reason, I always, like, if shit hits the fan and I get in a bad position, I'll always go back to what I know. Like, even something as simple as a scissor sweep. I'll just go back to it. Well, everyone does that. Yeah. But 10 a.m. leg lock drilling class, Sundays. I'd, yeah, I'd, yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to. I think it's <laughs> something that's it's huge. I mean, the jiu-jitsu community now is huge. And you can tell when you put some – some people will start to panic a little bit when you get into a bad situation because it's so – it's not something that we're used to. It's also not really the style that I've learned or I'd, I've developed. But it's definitely, you know, it's something that you can always use to your advantage. But I don't think my jiu-jitsu game is – that well-rounded i don't have a very big arsenal of, of weapons i mean i'm only a blue belt so i don't i don't i don't have that much to begin with do you have but, a guard that you that you'll favor um i i usually just i mean from half guard i feel confident if i get there i can i can usually work really well um or even like just like guard passing in general i've been trying to do be a little bit more um, aggressive as trying to get on top and trying to pass versus back then I was just trying to play off my back a lot and trying to look for sweeps but sometimes you get going with a bigger dude and it just becomes it takes a lot out of me to sweep and then when I do it's like alright now I don't have that much energy so I'm trying to push the pace a little bit more and be a little bit more aggressive in that style so I think that's changed over the past couple of months me trying to push for attacking and passing versus just trying to lay back and then trying to sweep you know what's interesting is I haven't heard you once mention um, that you train for self-defense. Has that ever been in a concern for you, or is this to, you've always just sort of viewed jiu-jitsu and MMA and Muay Thai as an athletic endeavor? Um, I think I think that's uh, I think I I always keep that in the back of my mind. Like, what would happen if if something? I'm always like thinking that you know, like how prepared would I be? if um something was to ever happen outside of the of this this controlled environment i think it, it always keeps in the back of my mind and that's mainly one of the best things that i just keep on coming uh, but you also i mean like you don't strike me as a like a bro who's gonna no. be out and like you know no i don't look i that's another thing man like i think a big part of it's like avoidance or yeah art, right yeah like even before i train if some shit went down i probably try and stick my nose in it now i'm like i'm out of here i'm not you know I'm, <laughs> i don't want no part of it yeah i really don't I, i'll st- i'll walk away i don't i don't have because it's not you know what am i gonna do oh i change jiu-jitsu so but I'm if paul got into a scrap <laughs> we all jump in oh, yeah. the entire gym yeah, <laughs> with pitchforks yeah but i th- yeah i think self-defense is a, a big part of it um and i, I did a lot of these and I, like i think you who was Paul said it? We were talking. We were talking about this on the first yeah. one, um, like how good people are, and I think a lot of people give each other a lot more credit than they do. Because you come here and you see it, you're like, oh, that's that was easy, you know. Oh, you mean you give the stranger, the untrained person on the street, too much credit? Yes, I think so too. I think that it's um, it's one of those things where everybody thinks they know until they actually come try it, and then it it just doesn't turn out as easy or as simple as you know um and i people always tell 
I mean, we have a couple of uh, buddies that are big clowns, and they always, every time they get a chance, they want to roll. And I always tell them, like, if you've never trained a day in your life, and I'm only a blue belt. If you've never trained you a day in your life. only a blue belt, though, like, I think you guys shortchange yourselves a lot. Like, No, I just belt. think there's a big gap between me and somebody who's, like, an advanced brown no, belt. No, I don't think so. I think there is. I think a person who's an advanced level blue belt, even early uh, purple belt, there's not much difference in knowledge of technique. It's a, it's a mostly timing at that point between like a high level blue belt to purple. This, slash this is, this always belt. fascinates me, right? So let's say you have two people who are the same body size and one person is a purple or brown and one person is a blue belt. What, makes that person get to certain positions easier and, and it's like it's i think it's a s- very subtle movement and i'm i look at it and i'm like i see what he's doing you try to do it and it never turns out the same is that repetition is i that- think it's repetition i think it's like timing like knowing timing right ti- like like literally timing i mean like there's there's a it's like we we talk about how like some things work for one person you know i know the original sort of like escapes, for example, I'll use myself as an example, mm-hmm. like the, the sort of modern escapes where you try to control like the head side arm and mm-hmm. like shoulder to block the cross face. Yeah. For the life of me, I cannot do, I, I cannot do it. Like to try to keep somebody's upper body from locking down on me. Like to me, I always default to shrimping really? and whether or not it's it, for guard retention, whether mm-hmm. or not it's, right. um, a, a repetition thing I just haven't practiced it enough because I've gotten that many more reps in of the actual hip escape yeah it works better for me and whether or not that's predicated on my personality my physical attributes what or just pure as you put it like reps and timing yeah. I, I don't know you know it, yeah. it's, it's something maybe I'll just sort of have to focus on you know because for the life of me I cannot when somebody starts smashing that shoulder in my face and I can even I can get both hands on their shoulder to push them off and right. shrimp away I cannot make that technique work you just, for some reason. You rely on shrimping more than, oh, yeah, yeah. than actually keeping them. Yeah, it, it just that's what works for me. I think it's my hip flexibility. I don't know. Yeah. So, and then I just that's all I live off is the frame. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the bicep I frame. Mo- I, I think that's <laughs> that's been um, maybe maybe we did learn it, but especially like keeping that locking the bicep and keeping them from going behind your head. That's a. That's I can been thank big 2018 here. Paul Rodriguez for that, no, not yeah, 2008 yeah, yeah. Paul I mean, Rodriguez. Still, you know, make my frame, well, I just keep feel my like, hand and push and yeah. shrimp. You know, like that's that's still I, what I do. Maybe maybe it is a different wave. And it sounds too trendy. New school, baby. Yeah, yeah. maybe I mean, it is like a new thing because stuff, I felt right? like before it was a lot easier to get to somebody's head and sort of smash and right. then you know trying to keep it now it's I like think they were more worried about blocking the hip which yeah. i still do yes. versus blocking the yes. upper body lockdown now so. i feel like you get the second show and it's like the battle's just beginning oh, yeah, here really. you still have a long way to go but before you can I, even. i think it's timing ultimately people and like recognition of like what options are available to you mm-hmm. and like how to answer your question that that's ultimately it because I, I don't think there's a huge gap in technique number of te- the the breadth of technique yeah i think it's more of a, a a recognition of when and where to apply yeah I, it's such a such a thing for me because i always i always think about that and then it goes a little deeper into somebody from the streets like what position do you think that somebody who's never trained can put you in that you would feel vulnerable in well i think i think there's the the issue of going with trained versus untrained 
and we were talking about this yesterday after mm-hmm. Randori uh, Nogi talking about Grace University mm-hmm. and what their blue belt curriculum is and how it's all combatives. Oh, yeah, 100%. You know, they are not, there's no rolling. You wear MMA gloves at least once a week and are simulating being a untrained opponent in the street and the other person's training how to defend against that, closing the distance, taking them down. So it's more for self-defense? Yeah, yeah. 100%. Like, 100% it's, it's, self-defense. It's like, combative. I, I've seen it. I've seen, I, I have the curriculum. It's, yeah. it's very, I mean, you and I look at it and we go like, okay, you know, like we, we, we can do that. Yeah. But I guess that little bit of information for somebody to put against somebody who's untrained is mm-hmm. a huge leap of knowledge. Yeah. No, I agree. And their argument is we're not, you know, our blue belts are definitely different from a tradi- another school's blue belt because only a blue belt do we start doing jujitsu on jujitsu. Point being, I think, to the previous thing of is there, you know, what's the difference between, in your words, Chris, like an advanced blue belt and a brown belt or mm-hmm. whatever. I think there's a lot to be said. And I could be wrong because I'm, I'm just a blue belt. So I haven't, you know, I haven't. But my, my suspicion is there's an intuition that you develop that invisible jujitsu we talk about that you develop over years of just being in positions and feeling someone else and them tensing up and them shifting their weight and knowing what to anticipate. You know, I mean, I can do proper techniques with higher belts, but they'll shut me down because they can anticipate it coming. Not because they see me doing it, but, but they can feel the preamble of that. The progressions that, at least in my head, are not there yet. Yeah, it, so that's just experience, yeah. just feeling it. Now, what's interesting is, I think when it comes to a street situation, because we roll so, many, so much with other jiu-jitsu people, I certainly feel like I could be susceptible to an athletic, oh, sure. non- an unorthodox person in the street because they're going to do things that I'm not calibrated really? to sense. Uh, I, I don't, um, I, I agree with that, but in my head, I'm like, it, have you ever rolled with like a big dude? Like let's say Justin. Yeah. There is, in my opinion, this is, is just it? my opinion. Yeah. There is no way that a dude on the street can put you in the position that that man is putting you through. And yeah, you might tap, but you might survive. You mean on a strength standpoint? Yeah, on strength. A- yeah, just like technique. Like, what can that person do that you wouldn't? I'm not saying you'd, you'd beat the shit out of him, but could you, you could survive? survive? Enough to get away? I think there's like no not, way yes. that somebody, I mean, unless this dude is just an app, somebody like me, it's just an absolute bull and just rips my head clean off. I don't think I would ever be in a position where I'm like, I'm in real danger. Yeah, right yeah Justin's definitely the exception of the rule. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, he's, he's, he's a. He's I, a I can dude. tell you from reasonable experience i guess right like and this is contradicting what i talked about in our first podcast about my sort of like lack of confidence when it comes to my ability to defend myself um actually when i was a high level purple and uh working for the other gym i i was doing privates with a guy um and he wanted to learn pure self-defense mm-hmm. like he's like i want to do mma i want to do basically do jitsu hits mm-hmm. like that's that's what i want to do because i, I want to learn to fight not do sport jujitsu. I was like, all right, so we'll, we'll modify. You know, I have Muay Thai experience and that sort of thing. Right. Um, and when we rolled and I have a very lazy grappling style, you know, I would just w- like wet blanket him and he'd be the super tense guy. I mean like, right. Uh, yeah. And, and I was like, man, like j- just to give you a heads up, like you're, I can literally feel 
everything you're doing because you're so tense. And I could feel right when you're about to explode because I, I can basically hear you holding your breath, like that that little bit of like, you know, before somebody like yeah. does like a deadlift, where they're like, you know, yeah. like that the the first click before you do a deadlift, mm-hmm. like I can feel you doing that. So like, I'm gonna shut that down every single time. Yeah, and I was able to. And is that that's probably a more accurate representation to an untrained person, even though he did train before. Yeah, no, um, that's true. You know, versus like yeah. a true jujitsu versus jujitsu. It's also like the, harder the, uh, to tell. The way they use energy. I, oh, sure. I'm needless. I'm a hundred um, times better in just that aspect of knowing where where to put the energy. Yeah, into. yeah. Like back then, you just put the energy and you're you're putting it into nothing really. Yeah, bridging a billion times bridging for no a reason. Billion times yeah, and yeah, like <laughs> your gas. So even if you do bump me off, then what? I think it's a, it's a. I've I've always I'm I'm a very like kind of slow grindy i'm I, I don't like to explode too much unless i get to certain places but i think it's it's like one of those things where um you you become more aware of who who you're rolling with and how to preserve your energy oh, yeah, for yeah. certain situations I, I that was the biggest learning for me is okay well, maybe i don't need to spaz out all the time and if i do spaz out you know Am I getting to places because I'm just stronger than somebody? It's not a lot of the times I am, but or am I getting to places because of technique? Do you, always, um, so you've done all of the arts, right? Like jujitsu, muay thai, MMA, nogi. Yep. Which why, why do you? We we always tend to gravitate towards talk about jujitsu. Yeah. Do you have equal, lesser, more passion for jujitsu versus other stuff? Uh, yeah, maybe a little bit more, just because I think it's. Um, it's it's got so much to learn you i don't think you ever stop learning you probably don't stop learning in muay thai as well but um i think that it's it's such a cool art for me it's one of the probably is the best art that that i can think of um because it's so practical and uh, i gravitate just the the learning curve is so wide so you can be a blue belt or you can be smashing people but then you have all of the knowledge and the different techniques and and then you start to go into can you teach those techniques can you tell somebody how to do it um i think there's a lot of people who i'm more of a doer not so much a shower i don't really if you ask me like can you show me this sweep i might be able to to show you but um I'm more I feel things more than like what did you just do there I don't know I just felt like this would be uh, a good thing so I think that is one of the main things that I'm going to focus on this year is um, learning stuff to be able to teach it back or not teach a lower belt but am I able if you ask me on the spot how do you do this are you able to be like this is how you do it I think that's the main thing that I'm going to focus on this year is um, being able to recite things back to people and actually do it versus just feeling it on the mat you know what i mean how did you get the nickname d money i just gave it to myself <laughs> did you really <laughs> yeah literally right before the maybe fight. that is a maga hat you're wearing yeah, man it's <laughs> like, so funny because i used to call zach z money just back in the day goofing off and then one day they're like do you have a nickname for the uh for the fight right before we started and they're like um you have to get a nickname and i was like all right i'm i'm d money 
and they just started Every calling season. me that's funny did you do you walk out throwing dollar bills no i walked out with a shirt that said d money on it did you really yeah oh, i've seen the shirt oh yeah yeah we went on a ski trip together he busted it out it was uh, d dash and then the the money that yeah the dollar sign <laughs> yeah yeah it was uh it was great that was probably one of the most nerve-wracking experiences i've ever had how how much so we we heard sahibi's story about how often he was training and whatnot and mm-hmm. leading up to his mma fight how often were you training what were you training and how long leading up to that were you training and this was a muay thai fight muay right? thai fight yeah so we i did a lot of um i was training maybe four days a week and i would come in to probably three three classes a day i was really training of all muay thai or, or just uh, i would do muay like thai bag and pad okay. they would also do like mma back then we used to have the mma curriculum with caroline which we would do like the with the big heavy dummies and stuff and just ground and pound that kind of stuff it was like a conditioning class yeah like a conditioning so i was doing a lot of that i think my biggest fear was my skill this dude might outskill me but one thing i did not want to do is i did not want to gas in the fight i was really afraid of that and then uh, i trained maybe three three months before is when they told me they had a fight here and i was like do you want to go and i was like sure i'll try it um i didn't really know what i was getting into i was like yeah sure i'll do it why not it's just going to be a fight here. And Who then, presented this to you? I think it was Paul. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, Bobby came over and he said, hey, we have these fights lined up or whatnot. And then do you want to try it? And Paul's like, yeah, you should try it. And I was like, okay, I'll try it. And then I, I didn't really know what was going I thought it was just going to be like a like a thing like over the weekend or whatever. And then it started to build up. Like, this is a real <laughs> fight. You have to wait. And the in. posters came out. And the posters came out. And I'm like, <laughs> this is real. For this? Yeah, they had like a bout or whatever. Oh the, like a little bout. What was the there. venue? Here. Right there. In oh, oh, it was in the gym. And so, was, was the, this, so was this the one where like, because the place had an alcohol license at the time, like they were serving liquor and it was just out of control? I don't remember. Like fights breaking out. He was too focused on the fight, man. I don't know. <laughs> too focused Maybe. on the head gear. I know that, uh, couldn't see. that whole mat back there, those yeah. were all seats. Oh, wow. They had and a, you guys fought in the cage. Yeah, we fought right here when back when the old cage. Because I remember when the, the, the old, the, the elevated the cage. cage. Yes, that's, that where, one that's where I fought. traded for. So yes, yeah, so I um, I did that, man. Shout and, out to Wanaconda, who's definitely not listening. <laughs> he might be. And then um, I think um, once I realized what I was getting into, then I became, then I became really nervous. Um, and that day of or like oh, week, the week, day of week was, of you're like oh man like the what week, am I doing the month leading up to it really once they said oh you have an opponent and then it became real like but I, did you train more ravenously then or were you just like at that point sort of I was training to I was training really like hard for conditioning I just really wanted to get my conditioning in shape and I and then we did a couple and then oh this is terrible I think um, the week before or maybe a week and a half we did a practice sparring session here and they threw like three people at me. We did three rounds and they threw a fresh person in and I got my ass lit up and I was confidence boosting. (laughs) Yep. Exactly. It was, I walked out and I said, this can be bad. This, this might be really bad. And then it really started to set doubt into my head. Like I might get, I might get killed in there. But, uh, the day of was, it was terrible. I thought the whole way I'm going to, won't eat anything. I'll make sure I'm in weight. And then I'll just go eat right after weigh-ins because the weigh-ins were early in the morning. I went to eat and I couldn't get a bite into my <laughs> stomach. It was so nerve-wracking. So do you feel... Um, like, it's funny because like, you watch a show like The Ultimate Fighter or something like that. And, and you see when people are prepping for a fight, like the sort of like... 
not ceremony, but sort of like the minutia that's involved with like the actual not fight, like, yeah, like walking to the cage, psyching yourself up. Do you think that's a skill that could be taught to competitors that would actually help them reduce the amount of stress? Their anxiety that, yeah, like that you had experienced, like, um, because you just, you basically were training and just hop right into it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, I just train. Is that something that people are ill prepared for the first couple of competitions? I, I don't know, man, unless you're just some kind of a breed of person that doesn't feel that I was terrible. Like making that walk from that back door up here, and then Paul put that Vaseline on my face. I was shitting bricks. I could not explain to you, like my stomach was in a knot. I walked up to the cage, and they said I looked like comfortable, and I just I did a lap around. I couldn't even hear the ref talking in my ear. I couldn't hear him. It was just noise, like white how noise. How did you? How did you? How do you feel that you performed given the nerves? Do you feel like it got in the way of your performance? I think the first time when the bell rung, he rushed me. He do like three or four like punches. Who, you, who did he, you fight? Do you remember? I don't remember his name. You don't. Uh, smaller dude. Okay. Um, and then, oh, and then fucking ugh, this is so bad, dude. I didn't even have hand wraps. Oh my I god! Had, like shorter than normal hand wraps, and I walk up and I go, "Paul, you think you'll be okay?" He goes, "Yeah, I think so." Did he, Did he actually say it, or did he just like? Do this. Yeah, he did one of those. Like, that'd be okay. <laughs> this is the this is the thing I'm eventually going to gift. This is going to be my gift to the gift the the gym is gifting or jiffing whatever it is. Paul's face. Paul Paul's <laughs> yeah. doing the knot the chin nod. Yeah, the chin nod. It's exactly what he did. Bringing his and lips up like, and the, okay, the old nod. Sure, I'll do it. Um, so I went in the back and then as I'm getting ready, this my my fucking opponent walks in with like a like a whole entourage of people. <laughs> And his Wait, coach. the same locker room? Yeah, yeah, right next to me. <laughs> Wait, you're supposed to keep the opponent separate. Come no, on. he was right next to me. He fucking walks in, and this his guy, his coach has a bucket with like gauze and all kinds of shit, and they start wrapping him up. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm gonna get my head kicked off or something. So then I go, Hey, Paul, you think you can wrap my hands like the real with the gauze and stuff? So they brought gauze and he wrapped them up. So that made me feel a little better. Like, all right, at least I. Were look. you like, Hey, can I borrow that? Yeah, man. Hey, let me borrow <laughs> like, that. Your opponent's gone. Um. Uh, going back to the nerves, so we walked in and I think the bell rang and he rushed me and threw a kick, which I didn't, I don't, I didn't feel it. Um, it's amazing I mean, you don't feel it, right? Like, yeah, no, you it, don't. with the adrenaline rush, Nothing, it's, you don't it's feel crazy. Anything. Like, you don't feel anything. Um, have you ever trained with Paul Muay Thai? I mean, I mean with uh, Zach? Zach Muay Thai? Ask no. Zach. I asked Paul how Zach and I used to, I used to walk out here limping with like Would he just purple. beat the shit out of you? Yeah, we would just kick each other to death. <laughs> it was awful. So I knew for a fact, I was like, there's no way that this kid's going to kick me kick it. Okay, that's it. So I walked in and he rushed me and threw a couple punches and then, um, then my nerves really got to me. I was like, oh shit, this is real. But I started to settle in and I think when I landed my first shot that I felt, he felt me and I, I saw him kind of like back up. Like, you know, if you've ever trained or sparred or something, you hit somebody and they're coming, they're coming, they're coming, and then you hit somebody and all of a sudden they start to slow down. Oh, right, right. I, you I, can I, feel it. Oh, okay, that might have got to him. So when I threw that one, I felt a little confident. And then when I threw the knockout blow, I felt it right down my hand. I was like, that landed flush. Right, nice. Yeah, and then um, with obviously he stopped the fight, and that was probably one of the greatest excitements I've ever felt. That's, I can't explain. That's interesting. Did you, because you don't strike me as a particularly, not mean person, but like when I had my fight, like, you know, they always say, like, oh, how you train is how you end up fighting, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and I, I was doing a lot of Muay Thai at the time. Um, and one thing that happened to me is I, it took me the first hit to realize I was actually in a fight. Similar yeah. to you, right? Yeah, me too. And then, like, at that point, like, I don't remember much. I remember conditioning was a factor. I yeah. was out conditioning the guy. Yeah. And at one point, 
um, I body kicked him, left body kicked, and he folded over. And I literally stood there staring at him. And thinking back, I'm like, oh, man, like, I could have literally finished him right there. But I didn't. Because I was just like, because I I do it now. If Mm -hmm. I hit somebody, I leg kick somebody, I back off. Yeah. Right? And, like, did you train that way? Or did you have it in your head, like, I'm just going to put this guy out? No, I didn't. I um, I we had worked on that overhand right a couple of weeks before with Paul, and I felt like, oh, that's comfortable. Was he a little taller than you? Is that why shorter. you shorter? That oh, he was shorter. Yeah, than you. shorter. Throwing I overhands. just went right over the huh. jab, and I I I had thrown it before in practice, and it landed a couple times. And then uh, when I threw it and, I, and it landed, I knew I landed flush because it oh, went nice. right down my whole entire like forearm up to my shoulder. Oh, really? And I felt it, and I was like, oh, that was a good hit. And then he kind of stumbled back, and then the ref got in the way. And all I remember is like I was looking for I was looking for Paul and Zach because I didn't know. And Paul just said, "Get ready, get ready," you know, because they they were they're probably going to release him again. Yeah, yeah. And I was just bouncing around, like just trying to get in my head, like what what was going on? Because I knew I I hit him, but in my mind now, the whole thing was just a big blur. I don't. Is there? There's no video of video. There is. Yeah, there I have is? video. I'll show you guys after. Oh yeah. man, like. Um, but it was just a big blur. And um, I just imagine him celebrating like Chuck Liddell. You know what? You know what? The, <laughs> you know, it's just like ah. I was so, <laughs> it was so cool, man. I, the feeling that you get when you win something like that is—it's something you can't really explain. Well, it's relief. Yeah, it's, it's exactly relief. What That's it what is. it is. It's like relief. all the tension in my body. It just—it's just a big just left. Yeah, it's just—it's yeah. a big relief. It is really cool. And then, um, but I think the part—the reason why I wouldn't do it again was the nervous beforehand. Was that the one of the worst feelings? Yeah, it was. The only thing that I can imagine it being like, um, being with some with a girl that you're not too interested, and then they say, "Hey, I'm pregnant." That, you know, it's funny. It, it's really funny because I was actually thinking, I was I, that that would be a terrible feeling. I was thinking that as like this is kind of like the reverse relationship thing where it's like you it's like. You have sex. That's the good part, and then you have this all this anxiety of like, oh God, is it's she pregnant? Exactly sort of thing. What it is, you know. That but this is the reverse. This is the reverse. Um, I don't. I don't ever want to go through that again. Um, and I, a man. What thinking you get a girl pregnant? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or fighting. Yeah. No. The the fighting part of it was was okay. It wasn't bad. I was in there. I was. I think I was having fun, but I knew it was just more of like a automatic feeling. Like I wasn't really thinking too much. I was just kind of going off just uh, like instinct kind of thing. But the lead up to it was not fun. So this is the, I got to stop saying that because I realized I I opened a lot of my questions with so, but as a hypothetical, if you can put yourself, this might be a hard one to answer. Mm -hmm. Imagine you had not won the fight. (sighs) Would, would you have kept training? Would you be motivated? Or, like, I gotta do it again. Or would you have taken time off? That's such a good question, man. I think I always try and put myself in that. Like, what if I would have went to decision? What if I would have got KO'd? I had all my friends, like my girlfriend at the time, she's my fiance now. She was there. All my best friends were there. I mean, it was. It would have been so devastating, and. I think I would have maybe taken some time off just because I would have doubted myself in a sense of like, I'm, I'm not good enough. Um, I've been training for a year and a half now and I thought I was okay because I can hit pads really well, but I, in a real life scenario, I got my ass handed to me. I think that would have put a lot of doubt in my, in my I would have taken it personal. It's so interesting that, I mean, you've experienced 
<clears throat> like or you've experienced rather the in, 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 incredible victory yeah that didn't outweigh the anxiety leading up to it like no. I'm, I'm surprised that it yeah like, you wouldn't be like oh man i'm seeking that high again yeah it, and it was a really good feeling it was one of the best feelings but um thinking about it now it's like the i'm i'm, I'm a i don't like anxiety i don't like feeling that not in my stomach i don't think anyone likes anxiety, I don't think anyone likes anxiety. <laughs> maybe I mean, people like, i think people deal with it better than others i'm not very good at it i don't even Paul used to tell me all the time whatever you're feeling he's feeling the same thing that didn't come from me at all I didn't find comfort in that do you believe it though I mean like that's the thing I'm sure yeah no I think I do believe it but it's hard to get it through your head I never I'm like he's he's okay he's feeling okay I'm the one who's feeling like this and it's just hard to overcome that in my head it's funny because all these stories have a common thread to me which is you're waiting and then you get hit and then it comes on. Oh, yeah, but I, yeah, yeah. but I'm wondering what about it from your opponent's perspective? It's like, aren't they waiting to get hit, but somehow they hit you first and then you hit back and then like, well, then it got real. So, like I threw a probing shot. The thing is because like for in, in the essence of my fight, which I lost, um, it, did you take time off? No, I, I was, and that's the thing is, is like I, a big part of it was I approached it as a sparring match, which, that was mistake number one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, that's the point I think I, re- I stopped doing a lot of Muay Thai because I realized I didn't like hurting people. Yeah. Yeah. That, like, that's, that's literally why I stopped and I kind of more spearheaded going into jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Um, but it's... I, I'm not really sure how to answer that question. Like, it, maybe that is a common denominator that, like... And, and I didn't have a camp necessarily. I was training myself yeah. because I was an instructor at Longwood mm-hmm. with, um, with, I, I had my group of guys that I was, I have to tell you about the, did you ever, did Paul ever tell you about the smoker we had between Longwood and Orlando? I've heard rumblings of this, but we need to have an episode dedicated to oh, that. Man. I, great. I, all the guys who I coached are still training over there too. Um, but either way, that, that was a lot of fun. Are you taking credit for their lifelong love of jiu-jitsu? No, I'm taking credit for the lifelong love of Muay Thai. Oh, oh these are Muay Thai guys. Muay Thai guys. Oh, yep. okay. Are you guys, um, like, have you ever competed, Chris? In jiu-jitsu, never. Never? I mean, okay. I've had one Muay Thai fight. Have you? I did one tournament as a, I did a tap cancer out as a four-stripe white belt. Um, are you afraid of l- losing? I, I'm, in, I'm incredibly afraid of losing. Me too. Like I, I, I know, and that's the, I get, that's the ultimate show of like ego, right? Yeah. Like uh, of, of self-consciousness yeah. and insecurity. Yeah. I think I, I, even like sometimes when we do sparring here in Muay Thai, I get a little anxious for that just because it's like, I, you, you want to do good, but the anxiety of like, I think the fear of failure is something that's pretty powerful, at least for me. So be. That's an interesting thing, right? I when I spar Muay Thai, I feel less anxiety than grappling. Really? Yeah, oh yeah. Which is weird. Like yeah. I mean, but I enjoy jujitsu more still. Yeah. Um, and I, I, it's, I think with Muay Thai, th- there's just the idea that you can, they, they can just let th- hit that lucky shot, and it's like, yeah, they got you. Mm-hmm. But like kind of Paul said, there's no lucky submission, right? Like if they got that, they beat you. That is true. In, in my opinion. And that's, that's, that's why I true. think I have more anxiety about it because I'm like. That applies uh, in a street fight. 
you, but you have you said you have more anxiety in grappling, not in Muay Thai. No, that's that's what I'm saying. Like because if I get hit, I I lose, and this is like whatever, you know. Like, but I, if, I see what you're saying. If, like I'm more worried about getting beat than like get shotted. Like a lucky shot, anybody can land in, and you can be okay with that. Yeah. Oh, so it's a justification for the loss. It has less to do with that. Because I'd be worried about taking either way, damage. Like, either way, I'm losing. It's either I lose by, eh, like he just hit me, versus like this guy, A, he, there were like sequences that he had to accomplish to be able to beat me, you know? But uh, see, it's, for me, it's the opposite. The fact that there's, there's like a variable that I don't have control, like, oh, the guy could just tag me with a lucky shot, and I could get hurt. But that's that's, scary. that's just fate, though, right? That's scary though because I don't have about that because you don't have control. Because I don't want to get hurt. What do you mean? I don't want to get hurt. Well, you don't want to get hurt, but but it's uh, but that's that's my ego thing, right? Like that's the the ultimate insecurity is like that guy actually beat me versus he just hit me. Yeah, that's well. I mean, yeah. I mean, I know like when it goes when it comes to jujitsu tournaments. I mean, I'm sure I do it. I've done it. I did it with the with the tap cancer out thing. It's like I didn't do any camp. I signed up at the very last minute. You were cornering people, right? Or you were there to just kind of support and then... Everyone was doing it. And then the night before, I just signed up and didn't tell anyone. And then Chihuahua texts me the next day because somehow Chihuahua... He's like, bro, who? I see your name on the list, bro. <laughs> were you guys... You weren't in the same... Wait, so you've never competed in jiu-jitsu? Or never. You, you never? Huh? Is no. it because of nerves or... Yeah. Probably. So that's great. That's interesting to me that you would be more likely to sign up for a Muay Thai fight than not do jiu-jitsu. I think I was I signed up for a Muay Thai fight because I didn't know what it what was. to expect. Okay. It sounds like it sounds like this is just like, yeah, come on, why don't you do a fight and you're like, "Okay, this will be kind of like sparring cool. with somebody else that I don't know and then suddenly yeah, then it, it was like, blow up oh, no, into this something bigger." This is a bigger. real event. Like there's going to be <laughs> okay. like there's going to be refs and you're going to get you're going to need to weigh in the day before and then by that time I didn't want. To, I'm not gonna back out. There, he got you. See, Paul. Paul. He got the, me. Paul you know? got you, man. But um, no, I'm really, I, I'm really glad I did it. Yeah. It's something that very few people will ever experience, or maybe a lot of people. But I think it's something that I'm, I think uh, it's it was very cool. Few. <laughs> like, huh? I think very few people will ever experience. Yeah, we'll ever experience yeah, yeah, that yeah. those kind of nerves, and um, and only half of them will, will experience the euphoria of victory. That is true. Yeah. No, I, and I'll always go down undefeated because I'm not fighting again. Hey! One to know. They yeah. don't need to know. It's one to know. They just it, it know was I've IKF never lost. Sanction? Huh? Was it IKF? I probably, think so. Yeah. Probably. All right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it was. Uh, yeah. It was definitely one of the most nerve-wracking things I I've ever done. It's. It was not fun. I, I I didn't. I enjoyed the victory. I enjoyed the whole process of it. Now in hindsight, but while you're in there, it was it was terrible. So any um, uh, you know we're we're three weeks into the new year. Yeah. Right. Almost three weeks rather. Uh, any resolutions that you made? Um, can uh, stick out the year training. Okay, that's something. I, how I'm, how is that going so far? Good. I mean, I've I, this is gonna be my fourth day this week, um, and I'll continue to come at least fourth day this week. Yep, that's yep, <laughs> that's pretty consistent. I did Tuesday, Wednesday, or sorry, Monday, Tuesday, and then Thursday, and then today's my fourth one. So, do you have any issues with motivation when it comes to training? No, it's just it sounds stupid. I'm everybody has time issues, but for me, it's more time. Uh, if it was, if I had a way of coming and not getting my personal life involved, I would come every day if if I, if I could. But it's uh, sometimes like time, and also I know all about that. Yeah, you, yeah. You, I, I want to be able to do this, but I think I've come to terms that this helps me out in my that, and that's in, in my regular life. It keeps me more. It keeps me in shape. It keeps me motivated. It keeps me um, my head clear. 
it relieves a lot of stress so i think doing this just helps me out in my regular life versus sometimes when you don't have this and you just kind of go home and you do your regular stuff you can lose track of uh like discipline i think this keeps me very disciplined and i i really does enjoy call something of duty i really enjoy give that to you though what's up does call of duty give you that sort of like call of duty relief? releases any kind of anger that i have built up i let it out because if you've ever heard a call of duty match uh, I go crazy. I go bananas. Really? So yeah, you're, it's you're, like an outer uh, body experience. Noob Master 69? Yeah, I literally just go insane on anybody. In a lobby, I'm like the loudest one. I curse a lot. Oh, my I God. I just let it all out. It's I bad. Could see I could see that. Because you're, you're, you're pretty low-key, man. Yeah, like, I, I, I'm chill with most things. But with, with that, I just it's like an out-of-body. I don't know what gets into me, but when I die... <laughs> is that your, like, your flow state? Is just screaming yeah, into a headset? Yeah. Well, like, ask ask anybody. Who, ask Zach today when he comes in. It's bad. I just... <laughs> I go bananas. Yeah, I go bananas. Funny. For some reason, I just... It's like one of those things that I like it because when I'm done, it's like, oh, okay. I got it all out. I don't want to see this version of you grappling with me. This is scary. Yeah, no, I, it's... <laughs> He's, like, screaming at you. No. Like... Yeah, um, but I find a lot of uh, I find a lot of good in that. For me, I use it as more of like a like a tool. Just I'm just gonna go in there, play for a little while, and uh, and it just releases like this anxiety. Or how many like, how many hours a day or nah, a week? Let's say do you a week? Do? No more than four or five hours. Oh, the whole week. It's not that much. No, I get on for about an hour and a half, do a couple matches scream a little bit and then i just go to bed does your fiance play video games she does not she doesn't do she you know a uh, crazy thing between us is we are we're so alike at our core but so different in likes we don't like the same movies she doesn't like sports she doesn't like fighting uh she doesn't like cars she doesn't like any of that stuff but yet we come together at our core values which is like our animals and, and you know our beliefs and stuff but she doesn't like any of the stuff that I like. Have you talked to her about doing jujitsu or Muay Thai? She tried it once. She tried Muay Thai once. Oh, she actually really? Okay. Yeah, she did. But, you know, um, she tried it when back when everybody was all in one class. So you can have Brian. So we're going to have to have a... And a wives and girlfriends and fiancés podcast. Yeah, man. Of, of I, on, like the ones who do and the ones who don't train and stuff. And because just to, oh, what it is to find them, what right? the common denominators that are keeping them from or drawing them to doing it, you know? Yeah. I think the time that she did it, it was, she's not, she doesn't like confrontation. It's very soft spoken. Um, and it also was a little bit intimidating because she was, we they did like a sparring, go three, three people go out on defense and then people jump in on them. <laughs> And she did that with a bunch of big guys. So she was intimidated. She didn't oh, have... Oh, my God. Yeah, she didn't I have... Mean, you know, she weighs 105 pounds. And, you know, she doesn't... She didn't have the comfort of going to a beginner's class and having See, people so at a beginner's class. And, and to I be want fair, her to go back. We, we say the why. It's, it's significant others. Like, sh oh, first of all, shout out to Michelle Sanchez because she gave us a shout out. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hi. So we, we appreciate that? and we miss you, Michelle. Michelle Sanchez. I just say Sanchez. Moved up to Connecticut. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. 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 So she's training at Ascension Martial Arts. So shout out to them as nice. well. But for example, her boyfriend, longtime boyfriend Axel, he would be another guy to ask, "How come you don't train?" Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's right. not a. I just want to. I just want to be clear here. It's, it has nothing to do with. It's okay, not a female only. Female. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not so a female. Right, right, right. Like Stacy Thornton. She. Exactly. Does she have a is your? She's she's married. Is your she's married? <laughs> 
<laughs> Chris was actually yeah, surprised. Like, I've, I've never even seen her mention her husband, so like I didn't. I don't. I don't know. It's, it's pure. Shout out to Stacy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but like, yeah. So why doesn't her husband? He does video games and tabletop. Uh, he he's into that kind of thing. Oh man, that shit. <laughs> Go gaming is fine. I, my my best friend does D and D every Saturday, so I, I. So she actually has a great story. I I really should have her tell her origin story in jujitsu. But I will give like kind of a teaser to it. She basically did jujitsu as a dare with a male coworker, I believe. I believe it was a coworker, but a male friend. And she, I believe it was she was gonna. She was like, "You have to do silks, and I'll try jujitsu." And she tried jujitsu and stuck with it. He never tried silks, <laughs> and reneged on the belt. So, oh, really? dude, boo! I know, oh, ultimate man. boo. What are you? How many dogs do you have? Two. What? What are they? Uh, we have a, a big Doberman Pinscher and a, a pit bull. Both and a pit bull. Yeah. yeah Who wins in a fight? She's probably probably her. She's smaller, but my, uh, our big dog is just like a big dummy. Oh right. The, the, the Pinscher is. is. Yeah. Yeah. So the he, pit bull is probably more, but she's not aggressive. But sometimes she'll snap at him. Um, but I think that uh, his personality is very nonchalant. Just kind of does. You whatever. had them both as puppies. No, we got we rescued both of them. She really? was five when we rescued Good her. Good for you, man. He was a year when we rescued him. Awesome. Yep. Yeah. Well, we got five minutes for class. We can't we can't let what happened the other day happen again. Yeah, we were a minute late to class, even though we've been here. Like, <laughs> that was kind of embarrassing. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> what are you uh, What are you practicing today? I'm gonna do bag and pad, and I'm gonna do jujitsu. Try and get uh, at least two classes in today. All right. What are you gonna work on in jujitsu? So I can look out for I'm it. gonna work on surviving because I feel like there's a lot of really good people today. So <laughs> I'm gonna try so. and I'm gonna try and go with the biggest guy today. Ooh, whoever that is. All right, we'll see. Let's look forward to. It. Should be a good class. All right, well, Dennis, thank you for joining and us. You're thank joining you guys us for a beer after, right? Thank you. Yeah, for sure. Definitely right. stick around. Oh, thank you guys.